Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I am here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. to the birth prep podcast. I'm super excited to be here, except I'm not going to be here. I was already here because this is a replay from birth prep power hour. (laughs) I'm here right this second and I'm happy to be here as always. I'm glad you guys are here too. There were some really great questions this week. My friend Megan even hopped on for a minute and asked her question. We had a good conversation. She's pregnant with twins. Congratulations to her. I am literally so excited for her. I cannot wait to see those babies. Before we get into this, I want to invite you to next week's Birth Prep Power Hour. It's every single Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can bring any questions, any thoughts, any feelings, all the things, and we'll chat about it. The link to register is in the show notes. You can check it out. Okay, let's get into this. All right, I think that's done. Hey, guys. <laughs> I gotta get all settled. I need, a, I need an assistant. Um, all right, basically, we're going to chat for an hour about birth preparation. Um, If you guys have any questions at all, drop them in the chat. If you guys have anything you're struggling with, something you can't make a decision on, something that you don't really know how to go about, something that you want to know more about, maybe something that, you know, whatever, whatever's going on with your birth preparation. I got you. Drop it in the chat for me. I was going to start off today because usually it takes a minute for people to hop on here. I was going to start off today by talking about visitors after having baby. This is something that somebody just asked me about yesterday. And I think that this is, I like this topic. I had to learn how to create and set, um, not really boundaries per se, although for some people they can very much be boundaries. Um, but more so expectations with my loved ones. Um, now I, you know, just do things very differently than I did the first time, second time, third time. Um, so I, just wanted to share some thoughts about that really quick. And if you guys have any questions, birth prep questions, just drop in the chat and then I'll get to those right after I do my little rant on visitors. I, (laughs) when I had my first baby, I was, you know, laboring at home. I had had a membrane sweep. So I went to labor naturally per se, but, um, you know, it was, that's an induction. A membrane sweep is an induction. It's Induction, by definition, is forcing your body and your baby to do something that it's not quite ready to do yet, um, which is fine. That's I didn't really know that at the time, though. So I got a membrane sweep, and then I at 40 weeks, and then the next day, 40 weeks in one day, I went into labor. I was at home all day, laboring. Um, just we were walking. This we lived on a circle, like um, our whole neighborhood was just one little circle. It was lived a bunch of townhouses. And we went walking around the circle at between contractions to keep them going. Right. So like our circle kept getting shorter and shorter. We'd be cutting through yards and stuff to make it back home for my contraction. Cause I liked being on the yoga ball for my contraction. Um, I had a lot of contractions just standing outside. I had a lot of contractions like leaning by our front door, like didn't make it to the, to the house. Um, so I spent the whole day laboring and then we were, we were, you know, keeping family updated, blah, blah, blah. By five o'clock, it was time to go to the hospital. My contractions were five minutes apart, one minute long for about an hour. So, um, I went to the hospital. It was time and everybody knew we were going to the hospital and people literally came 
and sat in the waiting room. They like popped in our room too and stuff. And you know, I, which was great. Everyone was so excited. This was like the first grandbaby on either side. Um, everyone was super excited, but there were people literally there visiting me while I was in labor. And when I tell you, when I got there, they put me on Pitocin against my wish. Like, why did they put me on Pitocin? There was literally no reason, but they did because that was their standard of care. Um, and they put me on Pitocin. I was like five centimeters when I got there. Um, and then things got very, very bad, very, very quick. I was having like tunnel vision. Like I was in so much pain. I was having a really hard time controlling myself and my body, my breath, all that stuff. Um, and people were coming, our loved ones were coming in and out of the room. I was like <laughs> on the bed. I literally looked like I was drunk, passed out. Like I was in so much pain and people were coming in and out of my room. Like my husband's grandfather, when I have no pants on or underwear and in hospital, like mm -mm, no boy, no. that literally never happened again. Anyways, um, which whatever, everybody was excited. Baby was there. I never set expectations. That was just like what I thought it was supposed to look like. Right. That's what's like in the movies. So that's how I've always been told about things. And everybody was waiting in the waiting room for me to have my baby <laughs> literally waiting. And, um, my mom and my husband's mom ended up staying in the room, which in hindsight, I was very glad that, well, I was glad that both of them were there his mom was never invited again to the room. <laughs> my mom was so I was glad that he had somebody there that first time to have somebody support him and you know, all that stuff. But I, uh, that was not the plan. It was just supposed to be my husband and I, so I'm laboring. There's people in the waiting room waiting for me that has baby. I didn't have this baby till almost one o'clock in the morning. Okay. And at that point, most people had gone home. Um, and but there were still very much people ready to walk right in as soon as I had that baby. Um, so that was very nerve wracking. I never did it again like that. I made, we told people to wait at home the next time until we were ready for visitors and we would text people. Um, the only people that came beforehand, no, I had an induction. So it was a little bit less, um, crazy the next time, uh, as far as like, I had chill time before, so I had people coming in during that chill time when I, like, it was pretty boring until the afternoon hit, right? Um, so we never did it that way again. And I, I think it, the number one thing, not the number one thing, but a huge thing is mom's peace that day. We need to be, keep making sure mom feels safe. Mom feels protected. Who is screaming like that? My husband's out there. These kids are unattended. I promise. <laughs> um, I think baby boy is just ready for a nap. It's one o'clock. Um, so basically we never did it that way again. It was awful. It just, I, I knew they were out there the whole time. I knew people were waiting for me. I was feeling rushed. I was so uncomfortable having people in my room that I didn't want in my room. It was my first baby. It was already a, a crazy, crazy time. So I, you know, we did things differently the next time we told people, wait till, wait till we tell you that we're ready. Um, we still had people there right when we had baby, um, and we're ready to like walk in the room when I was done delivering. I don't have a question you may or may not have input for. Yeah. Let me know. Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, so I basically like was not happy with that situation either. 
people walked in like as soon as we were done I hadn't even like gotten a chance to hold my baby yet I was still like getting dressed and all the things and it was just it was just not a good uh oh something was filtered maybe try whoever left a comment one of your words was probably filtered I don't see it um she's sleeping yeah, you can lay her there. I'll, I'll deal with her. Hello? You Did you invite me to go live? You? Did you mean to do that? Wait, I don't. My volume's <laughs> all the way down. Okay, my volume was all the way down. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Sorry. Did you mean to, like, pull me on? Is that okay? I didn't, but here you are, and that's totally fine. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I saw it, and I was like, did she want me to come on? <laughs> I don't know. I probably just accidentally hit something. It pops up all the time. Who do you want to invite? I'm like... I don't, I don't know half the people on this list. <laughs> yeah. I know you though. So let's chat. Hi. And I think this person got filtered. So. Okay. Yeah. I think I did. Um, I just, I had a birth prep question and I figured it's birth prep power hour. So this yeah. would be a good time for it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So I am terrified that I am going to give birth to one twin vaginally that's probably the word that got censored um and then the other twin is gonna have to be a c-section and i don't want to do both <laughs> okay that's valid that's very valid um okay i don't know i guess i'm wondering do like even if i, I don't i don't know like is that just unavoidable that possibility or do I need to like just work on my mindset or on the fact that like however babies get here is the best thing for them I don't know <laughs> well I definitely do think however baby you know needs to get here obviously we're gonna get through it yeah. um, we can grieve the experience afterwards we can obviously get extra support for any you know physical stuff we're going through um, I would be interested on I don't know the statistic for that how many how like often that happens I've heard different things. So some, there's this one doctor who I actually really liked. I was listening to his podcast a lot and um, he was like, yeah, if one baby, if baby A can come out vaginally, baby B can come out. Like they'll fit. <laughs> so some doctors have that mindset, but I don't know if mine does. It's definitely, I think it also would have to do with positioning too. Mm. Um, so I guess towards the end, you'll be able to better see like who like where they're at how they're positioned and if it's ideal or not i'm sure your doctor would have a lot more information than me yeah yeah <laughs> uh but you know obviously i'm sure you'll be monitored till the very end and you would have that information closer to the end um and then at that point then you can make an informed decision for yourself if they're not in an ideal position am i going to try to do it vaginally because it can still very much happen breached babies are born all the time it's a very natural variation of birth um as long as your doctor is prepared and equipped to do so um, and you feel safe with them doing that i think that it would be a great thing to do if but if you're like okay they're in a really bad position i don't feel confident in this maybe cesarean is the best way to go for us we just want to avoid vaginal and labor and all the things altogether. um then you know at that point you just, i don't think you have the information you need yet to make that maybe decision. that's what it is maybe that's why i'm feeling panicked maybe i just need i have an appointment tomorrow maybe i'll just be like hey we need to talk about delivery because <laughs> I'm stressing. Yeah, I just think you don't have all the information your brain needs to make a decision that you feel really good about. So your brain is like, what is a decision? And you just don't have enough info yet. And you might not until the very end. And that's not a problem. Like at this point, 
you're like, okay, at this point, if everything's great, we're going to attempt vaginal, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, if, if they're both in position, I'm good with that. That's fine yeah. with me. So at this point, we're going to just trust that babies know what to do, body knows what to do, and babies are going to get in position. And then if that changes, we can make a different decision if we need to, if you feel like you need to. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I know, I, I know. know. I know. <laughs> but you're right. That That's is probably part, though. We have to just kind of keep going. And then as we get more information, we have to make different decisions sometimes. But that's the decision right now. You can just say, hey, brain, this is what we're doing right now. If we get more information, we can we can reassess. Right. So, yeah. I know you don't like that answer. <laughs> but it's, it's the truth, though. I appreciate that you never, like, candy coat it. You're always like, no, this is this is yeah. what's going on. <laughs> it's part of the, uh, yeah, that's why I, keeping your mindset in check is very important. And just being honest with your brain and saying, hey, this is just reality. And I know you're freaking out. I know we don't have all the answers. We literally cannot have all the answers all the time. And I know your brain like doesn't like that. <laughs> I don't either. But that is the reality. <laughs> so does that answer your question? Do you need more? No, it's, it, that totally <laughs> helps. I, I need to go binge your podcast again and just like, trust my body, trust my babies. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I have some, some fun stuff coming on the, I didn't do anything this week. We had a, we had an insane week. Nothing went as planned this week. Of course um, not. <laughs> but if you ever have anything you want on the podcast, let me know. I'm always down for suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Thanks for chatting. I don't know how to hop off of here. I will figure it out. Let's see. I'm going to kick you. You ready? Okay. Bye, girl. (laughs) Okay. Cool. That was good. That was a great question. Do you guys have any more questions for me? I was in the middle of talking about visitors. Um, we just do things very differently now. After that first couple experiences, we do things a lot differently. We basically, we don't, we don't tell anybody we even had baby until after baby's here. Like we don't tell anybody we were in labor. I'm um, except my support people. Right. So that used to look like the people who we worked for, which, um, my husband works for my dad still. And I work for his grandma. I work from home now for her. So I don't have to like say, Hey, I'm not going to make it to work this week. Um, I just, you know, do whatever I need to do beforehand and just make sure it gets done afterwards. Um, so basically we would tell those people and then the people getting our children. So that's all who knows at this point. So then my dad and my mom are the ones who watch my children. So my parents are the only ones who get told that we're in labor now. (laughs) And, um, my husband didn't really like that at first because his family was in the dark, um, but he realized that it wasn't about him per se and that they would get to see them when I was comfortable and that my comfort is of utmost importance that day because it's going to keep my body in check, which is going to keep everything else in check. Right. Or my, my mind in check, which is going to keep my body in check and baby doing what it needs to do. Um, so that's how we personally do things now, which I really enjoy. It's a lot. It's so much better. (laughs) knowing that no one's waiting on me, knowing that no one's in my space that I don't want there. Um, knowing that my babies are taken care of elsewhere, um, all the things. So that's how we personally like to do visitors now. 
I, and that might not be how you want to do that. That's totally fine. But I do strongly suggest setting expectations in advance, not only with your loved ones, say, Hey, we're not taking visitors till this time, or Hey, we're going to be ready for visitors as soon as baby's here. You know, just be prepared for that. If you guys want to come and see baby right away, um, maybe you have rules for your visitors, which I don't think like rules is a great name for that, but like saying, Hey, you know, this is boundary. If you're not going to wash your hands, you don't get to, you don't get to hold my baby. Right? Like things like that. If you're coming in with smoky clothes in my house, you're going to be asked to leave. Um, things like that. We're setting expectations in advance. So everybody's on the same page. So you don't have to be having fights and conversations when you just had a baby. Okay. <laughs> so set the expectations, set expectations with your partner too. say, Hey partner, this is what this is going to look like. Okay. If you guys want to decide that together, that's totally fine. Mine just kind of goes with what I want because he knows that I do my research and I know my stuff. Um, and he's like, yeah, whatever you need, whatever you want, I'm here to support you. Um, so we set expectations in advance with him and with family now, and we follow that to a T with my third baby. We did set expectations with everybody in advance and I set expectations with my husband saying, Hey, no one's going to know that I'm going to labor. Somebody had texted him and asked, Hey, how's everything going? And he told them we're being induced. He, he went against my, my request and told somebody, and then it was chaos. It was literal chaos that morning when I was going in for my induction, he had people blowing up his phone, telling him that he's, you know, like, people went in. Okay. Ruined my whole morning, ruined my entire and his whole morning too. He was way off focus. He had family members saying, you're going to be cut off. You know, you're going to get kicked out of the will and blah, blah, blah. like for not telling them that we were going into labor for asking for our space that day. It was a shit show. Um, so with our fourth baby, we literally texted a picture like a week later and was like, baby's here. We're ready for visitors. If you guys want to come. Because even the third time when I did set expectations, it was still very bad. Um, because my, with my husband, my expectations were not met and he learned his lesson real quick <laughs> and he was, you know, he got the brunt of it, which was fine. I, he was dealing with all of it. Um, so I wasn't like super disturbed, but I wasn't, I was very annoyed and it could have been avoided had my expectations been, you know, met and all that stuff. So now he knows to meet my expectations every time. He what he like didn't know what to do. He like goofed up. He didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't like maliciously done, <laughs> but um, it definitely backfired. Um, so yeah, set expectations with your partner on how you want things to be communicated with. Um, like my partner knows, my husband knows. We don't say anything to anybody. My mom, however, knows. Hey, update dad. Also check on my babies. That's her job that day. She's in my birth space. That's her job. And because I, I want to know that my babies are safe and I want to know that everybody else, like my, my immediate family knows how I'm doing. So she does that for me. My, my husband keeps my mom and my midwives updated when I'm in the early active, you know, stages of labor. Um, so that's how I personally do things. I don't know if that's helpful or not for visitors. If you guys have any more questions, let me know. Oh man, I don't think I've eaten today. It's probably why my stomach hurts. I'm the worst. I took a nap. So I did take care of myself a little bit. I think I ate a banana this morning. We're good. We're fine. I'll survive. Um, what else do I want to talk to you guys about? 
there was, I had another good question yesterday too. I don't remember what it was. Oh my gosh. I should write these down. I wrote them down last week. I did. I was on my stuff. Where, what was it? Let me look at my thing will remind me. Oh, I had a breastfeeding. That's why I'm not even thinking about it. It's Cause it's not a birth prep question. It's a breastfeeding question, which is still important to know. Right. Um, she, there was this mom basically, she didn't know. She was like, I keep seeing all this stuff that your milk doesn't come in for five days. Like, what am I going to do? Like I have to do formula. I'm like, hold on. Hold on. First of all, no, you don't have to do formula. <laughs> you shouldn't do formula if you want to breastfeed and your milk doesn't come in for five days. It's not that your milk doesn't come in for five days. Your milk doesn't mature for five days. It's not, it's different, right? It's not the same thing as I'm, I don't have milk. It's you have a different kind of milk until that three to five days postpartum. That different kind of milk is called colostrum and it's thicker. It's yellow, usually yellowish in uh, hue can be clear. Um, it's kind of, I want to, it's not like thin, like milk. It's more closer to a honey consistency versus a, like a thin water consistency. Um, it's not like super, super thick, but baby does have to work a lot to get that out. Um, they only need a little bit. You're not going to get a ton. Um, I saw an awesome video the other day on, uh, woman expressing colostrum. I've never seen it done that way before. She was just like right around the base of the nipple, like, like massaging around. And then she just like, boop, boop, boop. But I've always seen like the whole breast, right? It was amazing. And she was getting so much out right onto a spoon. I was blown away. Um, but colostrum is all that your baby needs during those first few days of life. And uh, baby's stomach is about the size of a blueberry. So don't need much. Um, when baby's at the breast, we're making sure they have a proper latch. We're making sure that everybody's comfortable, both baby and mama. And so in any position that you want to do that in, it doesn't have to be a standard breastfeeding position as long as you can achieve a proper latch and you're both comfortable. We love it. So <clears throat> when baby is feeding at the breast, you're going to listen. It's called the colostrum cuz. It's like, you're going to hear that noise baby like pulling in it's like swallowing and that usually goes away once they start um, drinking the mature milk because it's not as difficult it's not as thick it's not as sticky um so it was just like this cute little noise but you have to listen to that so baby, you know baby's getting what they need my baby's falling asleep back there um so that is that's the question that she had she was basically like what do i do while i'm waiting for my milk but you don't want to wait for your milk. It usually will still come in anyways. Um, but having baby at the breast uh, to remove that colostrum is what's going to signal your body to say, Hey, okay, we need the real stuff now, please. <laughs> so definitely make sure if, if breastfeeding is your goal, that you're having baby at the breast. You usually you like to do it within that first hour after birth. And then obviously every two, three hours after that for the rest of your life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It feels like that. Whew. We're just getting into like longer stretches with this one at night. Um, and she's, she's like half and half right now. She's half breastfed, half formula fed. I am going to start trying to up my milk supply to, to, I would love to supply her with strictly breast milk, but we were having some weight gaining issues. And obviously baby's important. Baby needs what she needs. So we did formula. Um, but I would really love to get my supply up in order to exclusively breastfeed her again. And that's going to be a journey. And I think it's going to be one that I document 
not only all for education purposes and encouragement to others and all the things, but also to just keep me doing it. <laughs> I have been trying. I have been trying and I'm like, I don't want to try. And then I've been trying and I'm like, give up. And I'm like, cause she's still getting breast milk. Like I'm still feeding her, but I'm like, I hate pumping so much. It's the pain of my existence. And I was doing triple feeds for so long to get her up to weight. And it just like was not, you know, it was barely working. So now that we are at a beautiful space with her weight, um, I think I'm going to try again. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it, but I think if I share my journey, one, it'll be helpful to others. And two, it'll help me stay on track. So I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. What else can we chat about? Do you guys have any other questions? There's not a lot of people on today, but if you guys have birth questions, let me know. I have been really not talking about the mindset stuff about birth, which I'm changing because that is honestly, it's not, I don't want to say it's like it, it's like, that's so important, but it's like very, very important. I'm not going to say it's the most important thing. I'm not going to say it means everything, but it's, it's, I highly encourage you to work on your mindset surrounding your birth experience. Um, me keeping my thoughts in check this last time, like literally just like, I don't know. I was just, I was welcoming the contractions. They barely felt like anything. I was just like, okay, here's a contraction. We're going to do it. And just every single time I had one, I was just like, all right, we're getting closer to baby. This is going to be great. I can't wait to meet her. And I was just like chilling and it was so nice, but it was like all my mindset. It was literally all my mindset and how I've prepared that. How obviously I've gone through this a lot and experience helps. Um, but there are, you can definitely do this without having to have a lot of babies. Um, I had to learn things the hard way. I didn't have anybody teaching me this stuff, which is why I teach you guys. I think it's very important. I think it's life-changing work that I'm doing because it literally changed my life. Is everybody going to go and do this like I'm doing and like doing this for a career? That's pretty life-changing. Yes. But, um, not even that, like when I had baby number four, after doing this work, um, I was, we decided that we wanted more kids. That was supposed to be our last child. So that changed our life right there. Um, healing my birth trauma through experiencing a birth like that, that was life changing. Um, that was something that I carried for a very long time. It was something that I, um, was just very hurt by, um, mentally and physically. Um, and it's just something, Hey, thanks for the likes. Do you guys have any questions? Um, this is something that I it literally changed my life. And I think this is very important work to do. And I, I know that this work helps avoid birth trauma. Literally. I saw something today and it was about portrayal trauma, which is usually like from infidelity and things like that, um, with your partner or like parents, like betraying you, choosing, you know, addiction over you, things like that. Um, but she was talking about betrayal, but she's, what did she say? Institutionalized betrayal trauma. When you're betrayed by an institution that was supposed to be doing something, but then they did the opposite. And I was like, and she was talking about like sports programs that you're abused in and things like that. And I was like, that could be applied to birth trauma and hospitals inflicting this trauma because most of this trauma is avoidable majority of the mamas that I talked to that have birth trauma, it could have been avoided. It could have been avoided had they had more information, had their doctors treated them like a human being and like gave them the informed consent that they wanted and deserved. Um, 
you know, so I'm like, oh, that totally fits that definition. So I'm going to start deep diving on that because I think that is very interesting. Um, I should write that down before my brain forgets it. Oh my gosh. I can't even spell the word. Oh no, I'm spelling right. Institutionalized betrayal trauma. I'll do a video on it if I find some good stuff because I was very interested in that. It was like, I, my mind immediately, like as soon as she said the definition and was giving examples, I was like, oh my God, that's what happened to me. I was institutionalized, institutionalized betrayal trauma. Like I had that. I had trauma from people who were supposed to be there for my best interest, for me and my baby, people that I was trusting, people that I, you know, let make decisions for me. And they chose decisions that literally left my body traumatized and myself traumatized. It was an awful situation. Um, so I'm interested in that. Anyways, that's why I do what I do now. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know what I was talking about that before. Do you guys have any questions? let me know. Um, I'm going to be, and it's not even up in my links. So I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm going to be revamping my discord. I had a discord like a year ago when I was doing like mommy mindset stuff and which I loved is great. Um, but I'm going to just change it into a pregnancy birth situation. And cause I want to hang out with you guys. I want to chat with you guys. I want to answer your questions. I want to give you guys updates. Like when I'm doing things like this, um, when a new podcast episode comes out, like all the things, right. I want to have a space where we can hang out and I can start seeing those same names again. Um, I know there's been a couple people the last few weeks that I've been on here that are keep popping up again. And I love hanging out with you guys, but I want to, you know, want to be in a spot where I can chat with you guys on a regular basis. We can come back to it. Um, Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember what I was talking about before then. Institutionalized betrayal trauma. I just thought that was so interesting. But yeah, most birth trauma is avoidable. There are five things that I tell people to do to avoid birth trauma. And it is... <laughs> You gotta chill for like 30 more minutes. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll end it early if you need me. Daddy's out there. Um, so yeah, there are five things that I tell people. And mostly it's just pretty much like you you need to prepare your mindset. You need to educate yourself. You need to be the one making your decisions and things like that. Um the like He laid him down. I don't even have my phone to text him. To text on my computer. Anyways, yeah. But most most um most birth trauma is avoidable. Okay, just so everybody knows. If you don't want a traumatic experience, if you had a traumatic experience last time, you can have a different experience this next time. He's screaming, and I can't even go turn the monitor on. I have no pants on. <laughs> Let me see if he laid him down or if he's up there like playing. I'm pretty sure he laid him down. Oops, I'm in all caps. Did you lay our shirt down? <laughs> Scream at my husband. I'm almost seven weeks along and don't have my first visit with an OB until almost 15 weeks. What first? Okay, I'm going to wait for the rest of you. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi, Hannah. How are you? What first visit questions should I bring? Okay, have you... I'm assuming you're probably at an OBGYN. Yes, you said OB. Okay, you probably didn't get a consult because that's not really standard for them. Um, so you probably don't know what their standard of care is. Basically, every provider, every provider out there has a birth plan for you already. 
Um, some are more lenient on that birth plan. Some are like, this is how it goes. I will not steer from my standard of care. I will not do it any other way. <laughs> you have to figure that out. <laughs> so I would ask them about their standard of care. Um, if you already know what kind of birth experience you're hoping to create, that is great to bring to them. Hey, this is what I'm hoping to create. Is this something that you're willing and able to facilitate? Obviously, we don't have all the answers yet, right? We don't know all the test results yet. We're going to be learning things throughout the pregnancy. But as it stands right now, this is the situation I'm trying to create. If it needs to look different in the future, we'll revisit. Um, but this is what I'm trying to do, okay? And this is what you usually do, right? We're going to figure out this is what you usually do. This is what I'm trying to do. Are we going to be able to get to what I'm trying to do, even though you normally do things like this, right? And they might do things exactly how you want. Beautiful. I love that for you. I, I think that you guys, if you're able to, should find the provider that best fits, you know, that whose standard of care best aligns with what your vision is for your birth, right? So just figuring out those things, I think that's the most important thing to ask during your first appointment. Um, especially if you're not seeing them. So you're seven weeks along, you don't, you're not seeing them until almost 15 weeks. Are you going between then and seeing like a nurse practitioner or something? Let me finish this. Did you lay Archer down? I got so sidetracked. This is what, hey guys, this is life with my ADHD brain. <laughs> Um, yeah. So like for me, I had, a, a an appointment first with like, a, like with a nurse basically who gave me the rundown, gave me all the paperwork stuff. And then four weeks later I saw my actual OBGYN or one of them. I saw several that pregnancy. I did. I just heard it. Um, so I would definitely ask about standard of care. Sometimes in most situations, they're going to have a, you haven't seen one, but you don't have an appointment with one either. So you're not being seen at all until 15, almost 15 weeks. So you still have almost two. No, you'll have almost six weeks between seeing them. I would, I would give them a call and ask these questions before you go. If they are so far off when you get there, if they're so far off, it's going to be very late in the game to hire someone else. And then you're going to have to wait, you know, wait for the appointment, you know, all the things. I would call and see if they would ask, answer your questions. Say, hey, um, what is the, if it's an office or if it's a just strictly you're seeing the one OB the whole time, just say, hey, what's the, uh, this is what I'm trying to create with my birth experience. Um, I don't know if that's something that you guys are going to be able to facilitate or not. Um, and I would just like to know that in advance before I have an appointment with you guys, because if it's too far, if you guys, the standard of care is too far off from what I'm trying to create, I'm going to keep shopping around for a new one, right? I don't know if you're able to do that with insurance, um, location, right? What you're willing and able to pay out of pocket for, like all these things play, in, play into that. Um, but I think this is good information to have regardless, um, as soon as possible. If you're able to switch with your insurance, you want to do it. ASAP, right? Um, it's just a lot. It's you can switch at any time. You can switch. Am I still alive? I got a phone call. I clicked it really fast. I think I'm good. My little light's still green. Um, yeah. So I don't even know what I was saying. Yeah. 
the sooner the better we change. You, it's never too late to switch providers. You can switch providers in the hospital when your baby is crowning, right? You can say, you need to get out of my birth space. Someone else needs to come and catch this baby. Maybe husband needs to come catch the baby. Like anything, like get out of my space, leave. <laughs> um, you can do that at any point, right? Um, but obviously the sooner, the sooner it is, the less messy it is with insurance and um, stuff like that. So just, that's just my recommendation. Um, and then if that person is not the person for you, I would try to get consults before you hire the next person. That's how I suggest doing things is doing consults before hiring someone. That way, you know, so you don't have to start the process or wait, you know, you're going to wait that long for an appointment and then you're going to go to the appointment. And what if you find out that person is not for you? Now you're 15 weeks pregnant and you're like, okay, well, I'm back at um, ground zero, uh, ground zero. I don't know. I'm back at the starting line, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And now we got to figure this out. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Thank you. Perfect. Beautiful. Let me know if you have any other questions. Congratulations, by the way, super. I'm, is this your first baby? I'm excited for you. It keeps asking to invite people to go live with me. I don't want to go live with you guys. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to accidentally hit one. I don't even know these people. Why 15 weeks? Minded pregnancy confirmation and ultrasound at eight to nine weeks. Every place says it differently. Every place says it differently. Um, it is my first. Yay. So exciting. Congratulations, girl. Um, yeah, I had for mine, I did, I had an appointment at like eight weeks where they just had me talk to a nurse. They gave me, they did all like the paperwork stuff. And then, um, I didn't see a provider until like 12, 13 weeks. Um, and then I didn't get my first ultrasound until probably almost a month after that. Um, with my first baby. Now I see a midwife and things are a lot different. Um, but yeah, it just totally depends on the office. Totally depends on the OBGYN, um, the hospital, depending on where you're seen, maybe you're at a birth center. Everybody does things differently, right? That's why it's important to figure out how they do things before we hire them. Did you just explode in your pants? <laughs> oh man, she's pooping. <laughs> I called six providers and they were all booked out till their, till after 13 weeks. I think it's short staffing. Yeah, probably. That is, yeah. Also, the, it just depends on when you call. Like, if I don't know, if I didn't call when I was like three and a half weeks pregnant, like right when I found out, it it took a while to get an appointment um, with OBGYNs. And I think that's just how they operate things. Um, a lot of them do have a, a very heavy patient workload, um, which is unfortunate. It was especially at the place that I was at. I was very much treated like a number. Um, the person that delivered my first baby who I saw with all three of my children literally walked in like at my 38 week appointment with my third baby and was like, hi, I'm so-and-so nice to meet you. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> we have definitely met. You have seen my vagina. <laughs> um, yeah, that was not a great place for me to be. I didn't, I was not there after my third baby. I realized that during that last experience, I was like, Oh, I'll never do it like this again. Um, hopefully that is not where you were going and that is not the case for you, but it was in that uh, situation. They worked at a very big hospital. They were a group of doctors and they were just rotated through tons of patients all the time. Um, he worked at both the hospital and his office and he probably saw, you know, a hundred people a day. So it makes sense. Hi. Hi. Did you just explode? <laughs> Is that so silly? Is this breast milk? I can't tell. Yes. It looks like breast milk. I put it in the fridge. Save the, save the breast milk. 
You do stink, huh? Oh my goodness. We're gonna have to tell daddy that we need a, a diaper change. Diaper police. You text him again. <laughs> Alright. Do you guys have any more questions? I am starting um, next week, probably on Monday, I'm starting a What to Expect series on TikTok where I'm gonna, I have like 20 things that I want to talk to you guys about. We're going to go walk through the whole, like basically the whole pregnancy prenatal care journey. Um, we're going to talk about choosing a provider. We're going to talk about that first appointment. We're going to talk about the typical appointment schedule. Um, what happens at a typical appointment? Um, all the different kinds of ultrasounds that you're going to encounter during that pregnancy or that you have the option to opt for. Obviously everything's a choice. Um, all the different tests that go on why they do them, how they do them, um, what happens if, you know, you're positive, negative, et cetera. Um, we're going to chat about all those things next week. And I'm really excited to do that with you guys. Can you come change Penel, please? With a little angel heart emoji because I'm so sweet. And my husband just loves me. <laughs> Oh, I don't see the angel. We'll do a heart. I'm concerned about being at risk for gestational diabetes. Type 2 runs in both my sides of my family. Okay, that's valid. You can talk to your doctor about that. You can get early testing if you want to. Um, you are more at risk, but it's not a huge percentage more. Um, gestational diabetes is not a... Um, it's not a, like something that you're doing to your body. It's like type 2... Um, it's not the same thing. So it's like, it's, it's caused by the placenta. So it's not from your diet. It's not from those things. So you're not hugely more at risk. Yes. Statistically, you are a little bit more at risk, but it's not much. So don't freak out, but you can ask your doctor, Hey, I'm concerned about this. I would like to get early testing in the beginning, right? Um, they do that for people that are more at risk. Um, people that are obese, people that are, you know, things like that. They'll do additional testing if needed. Um, you can also opt for a longer test right off the bat. You want a more accurate test. You can say, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing the hour-long test. I would like to do the three-hour-long test just so I know that it's, you know, concrete and it's good, all the things. Um, so you can definitely get additional support on that and chat with your doctor about that. I was um, misdiagnosed with gestational diabetes with my third baby. Um, I... It's just glucose testing. Yes. Yeah, you can prick your finger if you have the supplies for that or if you, or if you want to get the supplies for that. You can just uh, test your blood every day if that's something you want to do. Um, you want to take your fasting number and then, um, you know, after every meal. And the I don't remember the numbers now, but I think I was supposed to be under 120 an hour after I ate. And then my fasting number was supposed to be under 90... 90 or 99 or something like that. Um, I don't remember. This was, she's almost four. So this was several years ago and several children ago. Um, and I was misdiagnosed. So I just kind of stopped testing at the end because it's just clearly like I messed up the test and I knew that. And I told them that. And I was like, I think that like it's false. And I wasn't even over the number. I was like right at the line for the fasting number. And they were like, Oh, we're just going to 
we're just going to put you as this. And I was like, I think you're wrong, but okay, I'll do all the things, anything for my baby. I went through the whole class. I did prick my finger. I was so scared. And I'm glad because they made me prick my finger at that table right in front of them. And if I wasn't there, like with that peer pressure, which I'm sure that's why they do it, I would have never pricked my finger. Absolutely not. I would have never done it. <laughs> I was terrified. It was not that bad. I was like freaking out for nothing. It was like a tiny little, and I, then I, after that, it was fine. I did it four times a day for a while. But I would literally go eat my Chick-fil-A, like, I used to eat little kids meal, like, at chicken strips and fries, and, like, I used to eat that and be fine. So, like, I was very much misdiagnosed, and they were like, you're such a star patient. I was like, no, you won't retest me. This is fake, but okay. You're used to it. My grandma checked my blood a lot as a kid. Yeah, so you'll be fine. Yeah, if you have the supplies to do it, you can, you don't even have to do the additional testing. Um, you can just make sure your numbers are in check after eating. Um, a lot of people, instead of doing the glucose test, a lot of people don't like to do the glucola drink, number one. And um, the most accurate thing is just testing, taking your blood sugars for two weeks and seeing the trends. Um, that is probably the most accurate way to do it. Um, so if you have access to that and you're willing to do that, it's a great way to do it. Does that help? Does that answer your questions? I think she exploded. So enjoy. Hey, I got the last one this morning. <laughs> I'm almost done here. I only have 15 minutes left. Yes, very much. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Good question. Um, yeah, but I was misdiagnosed and that was, that was a whirlwind, but she was good. She was, everything was great. I was induced that time because of it. Um, they wanted me to have a C-section. I said, no, I'm absolutely not. For what? <laughs> They're like, she's just going to be so huge, so big. I said, so you're telling me my diet, my diet controlled gestational diabetes because my numbers were beautiful. I said, you're telling me my baby is going to be way too big to birth. Absolutely not. You guys are crazy. I told them no. <laughs> I was like, immediately no. They walked in and was like, okay, we're going to schedule your C-section. Like, they didn't even ask me. They were just like, let's schedule it. It's like, we haven't even had a conversation about this. What are you talking about? Wrong patient. Like, no, you all these things, blah, 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 previous shoulder dystocia. We've got the big baby, probably. You have big babies anyways. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, mm, no, we'll at least attempt vaginal. And I did, and everything was fine. I birthed that baby and from my, I was induced. I did opt for an induction. Um, it took five hours from the first drop of Pitocin. <laughs> so it was, and she was fine. She was eight pounds, five ounces. So she was my second smallest. I don't remember. My first was nine, three. My second was eight pounds even, which they tried to get me to do a C-section for that too. Cause he was going to be well over 10 pounds. Um, and then they're not always wrong on that stuff, guys, but, but they, it's, they, the estimates can be very far off. And also there are doctors that use that as a manipulation tactic and will just tell you what they want to tell you, which I think is what happened in my situation that time. But we're, that's neither here nor there. I don't know that for sure, but I do have a feeling that that's what happened. Um, my third baby was eight pounds, five ounces. My fourth baby was, how much was he? How much was she? Eight, seven? No. Eight, eleven? Yeah? I think he was eight, seven then. I think my fourth was eight, seven. Oh yeah, she was the second biggest. She was eight, eleven. So all my babies were about eight, nine pounds. Whew. No gestational diabetes for me. Fake one. Fake gestational diabetes. <laughs> all right, what else can we chat about? I want to make a list of like some on finds for birth spaces. I have 
like, you know, like twinkle lights, some like soft stuff. I want to make like a list of like things that you might want to put in your birth space to share that with you guys. I think that would be fun. Um, I didn't get to make, my, not that I didn't get to, I had plenty of time. I just didn't, I kept putting it off, putting it off. I don't know why I was 10 days late with this late, late is not real. Um, I was 10 days overdue with my last one. And I was, I had plans that morning to go to Hobby Lobby to get like little twinkle lights and stuff to put by my tub. I had Christmas lights. I could have just put Christmas lights around there, but whatever. Um, so I had plans to go to Hobby Lobby and then my water broke. So we just canceled those plans because then I just decided that it'd probably best to just stay home at that point. <laughs> um, so we didn't get to do the twinkle lights, but that's okay. We still had a beautiful little birth space set up. I had my affirmation cards taped to the mirror. My husband did that for me. He used way too much tape, but it was fine. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. What? <laughs> he just did it differently than I would have done it. That's all. It's not that it was too much. Um, so yeah, I just thought that would be fun to do like a little list of things that you might want to do. I like to have a fan in my birth space. Like I get really hot towards the end. Not this last time. I was fine this last time. I was just so chill. But usually when I get to transition, I'm like, oh my, God, my whole life is ending. I need water. I need a fan. I need my body armor. I need all the things. And um, it wasn't like this, this last time. I was just like, let's just have a baby. <laughs> I don't know if the fan was even on in the living room. It might've been. Um, but usually I have somebody with a fan in my face. That's something I really like to have in my birth space. I think lights are fun. I think music, um, is fun or even, lullabies. yeah, lullabies. We had lullabies last time. I took a nap when I was like eight centimeters. <laughs> I took a nap when I was waiting for my midwives to get there. Um, and to lullabies, my husband put lullabies on for me. And that was nice because they're the same lullabies that I play for my babies at night. So I was just like, the oxytocin was flowing. That's all. <laughs> I was like, I loved it so much. Um, but yeah, like music to like, you can make a playlist. Lullabies are great. You can like, um, we did, we just do on like Amazon music. We just do instrumental lullabies. Um, so there's no words. I, like, I just like the music. Um, that's just my personal preference. Oh yeah. With baby number four, he made me little hype signs. He, <laughs> he was using what he got, right? He had toothpicks and index cards. So they were funny looking signs, but they were cute. And he came in like, what did they say? Do you remember? Boss ass bitch. Well, one said boss ass bitch. I do remember that you one. Oh, you've got this. The other one said you've got this. He made me a little signs. <laughs> which is great. It's fun. Um, but yeah, you, there's so many things that you do. A lot of people like to implement different scents for your birth space, which I think is cool. I've never really done that. Um, I'm not really like a diffuser kind of girl. My house pr probably smells like a daycare 24 seven with the poopy diapers and all the things, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> it's pretty much what we got going on. Um, so yeah, that's just some, some, some inspo for your birth space. What else? I'm like forgetting stuff. The lights, lighting is huge in my opinion. I like in the hospital, ask them to dim your lights. It's lovely. Like just like whatever is necessary, that's all we need, right? <laughs> just whatever is necessary. Um, and during the like beginning phases of labor, you can pretty much have a 
almost dark room. Um, and then obviously once it's time to push baby out, they turn all those bright lights on. I don't really like that, but they do that. You can ask them to not, they probably will fight you on it. They probably won't do it, but you can try. You can ask. <laughs> Birth centers are a lot more um, serene for the most part. Things like, hi, baby, baby, baby. Thank you. Say all clean. Make sure you don't pull the cord on that one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was funny. One time, with, what baby was that with? Do you remember? Amelia? I went to the bathroom, and you know, you have to bring all the things. You have all these cords hanging off of you. All the, I was like walking with my, I had an IV. I had cords hanging out of my vagina because they were on baby's head. All the cords all over my body. They were everywhere. I hate that. I don't do any cords now. Don't even touch me with a cord or a needle or anything. I don't want it. Don't do it. It's like that drove me nuts. I hated that. That was like the worst part of everything for me. Um, I just get very overstimulated. Like I'm a girl who changes my clothes eight times a day because my clothes feel weird after so long. Like I just have like, that was just a lot for me personally. Um, hopefully you will not have that experience. <laughs> like I ripped my blood pressure cuff off at one point and they like yelled at me for it. I'm like, what? Like, this is ridiculous. You're going to take my blood pressure right now take it off. Um, yeah. So anyways, I went to the bathroom with that whole situation and I sat down on the toilet, you know, having contractions and stuff. It was quite the, quite the show. I had Pitocin going too. Like there were so many different things. Um, and I sat down on the toilet and apparently one of the cords I was touching was not one of my cords. It was the emergency cord. <laughs> I sit down on the toilet, you know, my hands on the bar, and then immediately, like, five people rushed into my bathroom. I'm like, oh my god, oh, what's going on? I was just trying to pee, and they were just checking if I was okay because I pulled the emergency thing. And my husband was outside of the bathroom, and he was like, "What the heck is it? like? There's no alarm that goes off when you pull it. It's just a silent alarm. You just pull the thing. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. And he was like, okay, let's not do that again. Um, scared the crap out of everybody. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that I had pulled it. I was like, oh my gosh. If I knew that I pulled it, I would have been braced for it. Just, just, people just barging when I peed. That was, that was insane. So watch, he said, watch for the emergency cord. Pro tip from, um, the birth prep coach, daddy. <laughs> Not my daddy, but you know, daddy of my babies. Hey, baby, baby. Mm, so sweet. Do you guys have anything else that you guys need? I'm going to hop off here in just a few minutes. Let me know if you have anything else. I hope this was helpful today. This was fun. I always love hanging out with you guys on here. Hi, baby, baby. She's like, Mom, it's booby. Booby o'clock. Is it booby o'clock? It's probably nap time. You're probably sleepy girly. Hmm. I have some good stuff coming. For you guys, I should tell you all about, I have, I'm going to reopen the discord this week for you guys. We can start hanging out in there. I'm excited for that. I, I loved hanging out in there when it was like my mom group thing. So I'm going to revamp that for birth, for my birth prep girlies. Now that that's what I'm doing with my life. Um, and what else do I have coming? I've got more podcasts coming. We've got the TikTok series is coming. What to expect series is coming to TikTok. I'm also have a cloth diaper series in the mix if that's something you're interested in. Um, I have a cloth diaper starter guide too in my shop for you. Um, what else? I also have a what to expect guide in there too. If you just want the information right now, <laughs> it's in there in the shop and it's beautiful. I love that one. It's so pretty. That's a good one. Um, not that you know, the information is great, but it's also beautiful. <laughs> um, what else? What else do I have coming? Oh, the birth prep course. If you guys want to get in the birth prep course, it's time. And I'm also going to be starting some birth prep 
coaching groups. I'm going to be doing that now that I have like done with maternity leave. Basically, I'm going to be starting groups where I'm going to be taking it's max of 10 ladies. Um, every single week, we're going to do an hour together where we sit on Zoom and we chat about the birth prep things. You tell me what you did that week, what we're going to be doing this next week to prepare for birth, kind of just keep you in check. Um, and it's going to be like a monthly subscription based. So you can come and go as you need to want to, if you just want to do a month. Great. If you want to stay with your whole pregnancy, great. Um, and that is going, I'm going to do $99 a month. <laughs> um, so it's going to be great. You can it's like four to five times a month, you can come get coached, um, which is a significant uh, reduction from my one-on-ones. <laughs> I just don't have time for a lot of one-on-ones. So I think group is going to be great. I think doing it with other ladies is going to be great too. I'm going to put you guys all in a discord channel together with just your group. So you guys can talk to each other throughout the week to keep each other accountable. Ask your questions in there. I'll be in there too, hanging out with you. Um, I think it's going to be so much fun. So I should have everything ready for that. I'm aiming by Monday to start filling up those those groups we're going to do, um, I'm going to do Mondays at 1 PM Eastern standard time, Tuesdays at 1 PM Eastern standard time. And I'm going to try to do, um, an additional one. I want to try to have like an evening time slot. I'm trying to work that out with my husband with like summertime has been insane. We have like no structure. We were just talking about this last night. We're like, this is like unhinged, unhinged over here. My husband works at night and I just work during, I just work from my phone, basically my computer at home. I just work whenever I need to. Like I was up till, I don't know, 4am last night. It's fine. We just kind of do what, we, what we're doing right now. Our life just has no structure at the moment. And our kids are like staying up till midnight and just having the best time of their lives. And it's been so much fun, but we're like ready for school to start and structure to be back. And, um, my goal is to get him out, like out of his job where I'm the only one doing this and he's just stay at home dad, um, which he did do for a little bit. And then he needed to get out of the house and then kind of just turned into like a necessity thing with the world as like spent $3,000 a month on freaking groceries for this family. Oh my God. Um, so he just did that. So now that I'm in, in this space and doing all this stuff, I can get him back home because he wants to come home now. I'm like, I need you home. I need you home. So let's do it. Um, but yeah, that'd be fun to join. Yes, I'm so looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be so much fun. I can't wait. Um, I love doing this stuff with you guys. I love doing one-on-ones, but I say the same things to everybody. So I think a group would be awesome. I think hearing other people where they're where they're at, their questions like, oh wow, I didn't even think about that. That's a great question. I think it's gonna just be such a great environment and stuff. Do you guys need anything else? This was so much fun. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Have a lovely rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. Congratulations again, girl. I hope you're feeling well. I know seven weeks is like when, for me, like six to seven weeks is when my uh, nausea starts to kick me in the face. Not with every baby, but the last couple of babies. It's just like my body's like, are you doing, are you really doing this again, lady? Are you doing this again right now? We're doing this again. And my body's just like, oh, we're just going to, I'm just going to hate you for the whole nine months. That's pretty much where my body's at right now. <laughs> I also don't take the best care of myself. So take care of yourself. Take a nap. Uh, drink your water. Eat some good food. Do your stretches. Take a shower. All the things. Feel good. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Same time. Same place. Breath Prep Power Hour. And we'll hang out on the podcast next week too. All right. I don't know how to end this. I literally never remember. Oh, the little power button. Okay. Have a great day, guys. That was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And please come and bring any questions that you have to next week's Birth Prep Power Hour. I would love to see you there. There have been such amazing conversations happening and I am so here for it. I am so proud of you guys for putting in this work. This is not easy work to do. This is hard work, but it's so worth it. And I'm proud of you for putting in the effort. Oh, and come hang out with me in the Discord.
bring me your takeaways, bring me your questions, bring me your maternity pictures, bring me your baby names, bring me all the things. There is a freebie in there for you guys called Mama Needs a Break, and it's full of affirmations and self-care ideas and journal prompts. So when your brain needs a second to just decompress from all the momming that you do, which is amazing job, but sometimes feels really um, unrewarding. Of course, like we love our babies and they're just the best reward ever, but it just feels very, it can feel very hard sometimes and we need a break and that's totally valid and that's totally okay. And you deserve it. You are an amazing mama and that's in there for free. If you guys want to check that out, I'll talk to you guys soon until next time. Happy prepping.